Welcome to What If, a podcast rooted in love, joy, and wild possibility. I'm your host, Kelly McEntee. I'm a mindset coach for life and business, also known as the Founders Coach. My mission is to help you step into that bold woman energy so you can become the founder that's been within you all along. What do you want to say you're the founder of? In becoming the founder, you will learn, grow, see possibility, and be awe-inspired every single day. It's the most beautiful transformation you'll ever experience. So let's dive in to today's conversation. All right, try number four. Here we are for the introduction of What If, a podcast rooted in love, joy, and wild possibility. And today on our podcast, we have a guest, one of my good friends. Her name is Liz, and she is featured in the November-December issue of Founder the Magazine. And here's why this introduction has been so challenging because Liz is so awesome and she's one of my friends and I know her. So I've been like so struggling with how to introduce somebody who is so amazing. And like, what do I share about this person who I know so much about, but we're here to kind of like hone in on a specific topic. And the topic that we're talking about today is Liz's role and life and identity as a founder, because Liz and I, we connected back in our public health world when if you've been following along, you know, for me, leaving my job in public health was really challenging. And it was challenging because it was in my mind, I was struggling with letting go of security, all of these sorts of things, but also like not talking to Liz every day. She was so great to talk to. Um, But since then, we have both parted ways, but yet we've stayed connected and our friendship has remained just as strong or maybe even stronger than it was when we were colleagues. And it's been so, ah, just so good to get to see Liz go from where we were working together to where she is now. She's a published author and her and her boyfriend, Micah, are now opening a brewery called Intuition Brewing, located in central Minnesota. And so from here, I will hand it over to you, Liz, to just say hello um, and introduce yourself. And maybe like right off the bat, let's talk about like what you're doing. You are opening a brewery. And how did you get there? How How is this happening? How is this your life now? Thank you, Kelly. Long time listener, first time caller. I've been waiting <laughs> to say that for a while now. <laughs> and here was my opportunity. But really, I was so excited when you launched the podcast this summer. Um, when you had made the announcement, I remember thinking, yes, yes, this is Kelly. And I've been so excited every week that the podcast comes out or the weeks that it doesn't come out. I know that they text you and I'm like, where is it? Um, So I just feel super honored that you asked me to be on here. And it feels like old times connecting over Zoom. Um, As Kelly mentioned, we had a a past life and um, community health together. And um, I, I think that was a big part of my journey was working with the team that we had because it was a very vulnerable um and and I'm not even sure if vulnerable is the word for it but I felt like we really showed up and we were seen 
when we worked together and we highlighted each other's strengths and we sat in the pain. And I, um, I remember when we would work together and I'd run into an issue and we'd be talking on zoom or the phone and um you would do these little like thought experiments and they were what if experiments and so it was so funny and no coincidences that that's what this podcast was called and I was just blown away because sometimes I would just be you know babbling about something and I don't like this and I don't like that and you would be like what if you thought of it in this way and it was just it was a really cool experience And so introduction, Um, so I'm Liz. Um, I grew up in Southern Minnesota in a town called Truman, about 1200 people, pretty small, graduating class of 27 people. (laughs) Um, And I went to college at Minnesota State University, Mankato, got my master of science degree in health education. And I continued on a path um, in health education, working at the statewide health improvement partnership, then moving on to the lung association with Kelly, um, and then going to the healthy families program uh, as the program manager, which is what I'm doing right now. And um, it's been an interesting journey because now Micah and I are, are opening a brewery and it's kind of a 180. I would say more than kind of, it's a 180 of just opening your own business. And um, it wasn't in my five-year, 10-year, 100-year plan. Oh, right. <laughs> and so it was It was just kind of crazy that um, we've gone in that direction. But Micah and I live in Lake Lillian, and we um, are very happy where we live. We have a, a beautiful seven-year-old cat. Oh, 12-year-old cat. I don't know where seven-year-old came from. Maybe that's like dog years or something. Um, but we have a cat that we love and um, we're opening a brewery in December. I love it. Yeah, we have really like gone places together. You and I have in our work and all of like our personal conversations that we've had as well. And so two things kind of came up with your introduction of like one, interesting, right? A a public health, you could say professional, um, is opening a brewery, right? Like how does that, how does that like happen? And, and why is that wonderful and how that can just like help elevate connection and community with like within your community. Um, and another thing too, as you were talking about like, oh, I never, this wasn't ever in my plan too. Um, just how like we, are strong women on our own independently. And yet then we've also been partnered up with people in our life who have helped shape uh, the trajectory of our life and show us like a different way of possibility, right? So like with PJ, my husband, he's a baseball coach. And so that was kind of one of the things behind me starting my own coaching business was we lived in Kentucky for a year. And I saw just like how much work went into moving there in the sense of like me having to find a new job. And then what if we leave? We knew we weren't going to stay there forever. And then I'd have to find a new job again. And so part of me starting my own business too is like a logistical perspective of like his job is one that could take us anywhere and everywhere. And so I want to have like what I called like a backpack career. Like 
go ahead. Like you get your opportunities and, and we can go wherever you need to go and I'll be fine. Like we don't have to worry about my job or my stability or my income. Um, so that has certainly played a part in like where I am today in my own business and life. And then for you too, like you partnered up with a brewmaster, like, right. Like what, you know, like that, like it wasn't part of your plans because you weren't connected with somebody, you know, with this experience or passion or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then once you are, you're, you're inspired by it. You're like, oh yeah, let's do what we can to make this possible for us. And so I want to know like, how, how have you landed into like the idea of like, you know what? Let's move because you moved, right? You're both living in different places that you moved to like central Minnesota. You're like, let's move and open a brewery. Like, how did that idea come to life? Yeah. So I'll um, start a little bit with both of our individual backgrounds um, just to kind of give you an idea of how we even moved in this direction. And so for me, um, I remember when I turned 21, right? afterwards, I started going to breweries with my brother-in-law and my sister. And I remember thinking like, what a unique experience this is. It's not like a bar. It's not loud. You're not going there to get completely drunk. You're, you're kind of just going to enjoy the beers and the vibes around you. Um, which doesn't include stumbling over out of the bar or out of the brewery. Um, and so it's just a very different experience. And I, I was so intrigued because every brewery had its own feel, its own quirkiness, um, its own taste profiles, what they would serve. So some would be IPA heavy. For a while there, we saw um, places that were very sour heavy, like um, Star Keller Place in New Alm, which is part of Shells. And so it's just been really cool to experience all of these different places. And so we, you kind of mentioned how we've, um, our journey kind of takes us in new places. And um, I had gone through some things in life, I got a divorce, I um, had someone, the closest person to me at the time, uh, die tragically, and I had to start doing things different. I had to start doing things for me. I had to learn how to love and support myself. And um, one of those things was, was just doing the things that I enjoyed. And so I started just kind of experimenting um, with different ideas and how to do things alone. And so I went to restaurants alone, which that was always a little bit awkward to hear um, <laughs> just one. And I'd be like, Yep, just one. And that was just part of me finding myself. And I found myself often at Shell's Brewery in New Ulm. Um, I would sit in the garden area, I would bring a book, and I would just enjoy one of their beers. And I would just nurse that beer for an hour or so and leave. And it was a great experience. And so it was no coincidences when my friend um, Kat and Carly, cat uh, friends, Kat and Carly, they're not one person, introduced me to Micah. Um, they knew that we were both single and we're both 30. So they're probably like, find someone for these people. 
Um, but it was no coincidences because he was actually a brewer at Shells and I didn't know it until then. And so you ever see him? I never did see him um, while I was there. He would work during the weekdays and oftentimes he was doing overnights for brewing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would usually go there on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And so it was really cool then when I met him, um, I went, we had our first date at Locale Brewing and in Mankato. And so of course our, our shared love of craft beer was, um, started off the get go and then went to his house and saw a line of beers on tap, which were his own. And I was just amazed by that. And so it was just really cool how, um, how it began. And so, uh, kind of like the backpack journey that you were talking about, we were hoping to move to his place, um, at for a while there, um, about a year about a year, we've only been dating for two years. So um, about a year, we were living um, at my place at an apartment during the week. And then we would go to his place on the weekends. And they were two hours apart. And it was just exhausting to go back and forth and have things in both places. And we got to this point where I had this strong urge, this like calling of like, I cannot resign a lease. Let's move to your place and let's figure out how we can do that. And we knew that he wouldn't be able to continue working at Shell's um, if if we were to do that because it was it's an hour and fifteen from this home. And so we needed to find a place for him to work. I work remotely, so that was easy. Um, But for him, it's different. And we were talking about the different breweries in the area. And he brought up Foxhole, which is a brewery in Wilmer. And we were thinking, maybe he could brew there. So he reached out to them. And we really didn't get any bites. And we totally get that because it's a, a smaller brewery. And they didn't need any more brewers. But we we had this feeling behind it. And so a couple months later, we revisited that conversation with each other and we were on a walk and all of a sudden my ears just started ringing when we were talking about Foxhole and it redirected my attention. And I just looked over and there was a statue of a fox. And I was like, immediately the words that I didn't even know were in me came out of my mouth and said, there's something at Foxhole. And just got the goosebumps and I was completely certain. I think Micah thought I was crazy because he's like, yeah, we've we've already kind of run that train there. It's it's not not working out. But um then a few months later, so this is a long period of time. I still have this feeling and we're like, let's just um go on a date to Foxhole and and see what's there, see what it's about. Maybe the owners will actually see you and want to hire you on the spot. Who knows? And so we go there and Micah presents me with this idea and goes, what if we took over this brewery? And I was like, yes, yes, this is what it is because they were moving across town and we, we had never thought of the idea of opening our own brewery. The, idea of trying to build something or find a place that would work with brewing equipment it just 
that was way too overwhelming. And when he brought up that idea, it was like, of course, this is what that feeling was about. And so that really led us on that journey. And and we've both been all in ever since. Oh, okay. That story was like, I got goosebumps literally when you said like, when you got goosebumps, because and I suppose then this is why it's called intuition brewing, right? Because your intuition like literally <laughs> spoke to you and they t- tell them more about that too. But I want to just add in too, like I got goosebumps because, and you know this story, Liz, but um, I haven't shared, I've wrote it in a chapter in the book, if you want to buy the book, anybody, but um, about how like your body sometimes literally speaks to you. Yes. Your ears started ringing, which redirected your attention. So it physically made you move to see a fox to get this message. And I had the same experience with um, when my dad passed afterwards, we were working on like figuring out, I was struggling with a decision of like where I wanted to relocate our wedding to where he was, was buried at. And my leg standing at his cemetery at his grave literally got hot, so hot. And it redirected my eyes from looking down to looking up in a tree. And there was an eagle like staring at me. And I was like, that's it. That's the answer. And so we in like coaching and things like that, I talk to people a lot about like paying attention to how their body feels like when they're clenched up or loose or relaxed or where the tightness lies and things like that. But then there's also those moments where you're like, you know something is there, you know something is at play, but you don't know what. So you keep on like, I say like living and allowing, like, okay, I'm just going to exist, keep on doing without forcing like, okay, something's here, like something's here that needs an answer and the answer will come in like, literally it creates like more than just like a tight chest or like something, but like a, a like, whoa, got to pay attention to this feeling this is weird thing. So, oh my gosh, I did not know that about the brewery. Like, I did not know that. That's amazing. Our bodies are constantly talking to us. And I remember you talking about the story with your dad and with the eagle and it, there's no coincidences. That's what Micah and I really live by is that there's a reason for those feelings. And once we start listening to them and allowing them and, and asking for them, mm-hmm. um, even just saying them out loud, it there's power to it. And one thing that I didn't mention with this is the month that we moved out of my place, my apartment, and into this place in Lake Lillian, Micah's escrow went up $500. And we mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to afford to pay for both places mm-hmm. had we continued living there. And so everything has had this kind of domino effect um, just from, from that one like urge to get over here, which then prompted the conversation about where could Micah get a job at, which then prompted um, the whole foxhole stuff, which then my body was then saying, hey, listen to this. There's something there, even if it's not what you expect it to be. And I think that's the biggest lesson for me is I'm constantly like looking and getting these signs and sometimes they're not what I think they're going to be and mm-hmm. allowing that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be like extremely humbling. Like, oh, even with founder of the magazine, I was like, what? 
That's like, and there's so many times where I'd ask PJ, I'd be like, is this stupid? And he'd be like, if, of any of your ideas, this is definitely not. So do it. But it was like, where did this come from? Like, this right. was not in my plan at all. Which, and having that cheerleader of a partner and supportive partner that's able to validate you and, and help you along the way, because we may be getting these signs and these ideas and, and they may be fabulous and exactly what we're supposed to do, but having that person there to just say, yes, yes, yes. this is a good thing. Yeah. This is for you. Um, mm-hmm. That's a big piece of that. Yeah. This and entire work. time, Micah and I have been scared shitless. Mm-hmm. I swore. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Swear. <laughs> but we've been scared and it's like every other week I'll be scared. And then he'll have to say, no, Liz, you're doing great. This is awesome. And then next week he'll be scared and he'll be like, do my beers suck? Am I a good brewer? And I'll be like, yes, your beers are awesome. And no, you're not a bad brewer. You're wonderful. Right. And mm-hmm. so having that person is, is also key. Yeah. Oh, and I don't want to like talk a lot about you know, other personal things I know, but I want to say you've met your match and that's so good. Like that you're, you're with somebody who's at your level and can sustain you at there and, and push you beyond. And I think that's something that's like so healthy for a relationship too, is like, you make me want to be and do better and you help me feel excited about the things I feel excited about. And like, we don't need our person to like, 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 yes, we don't need our person to support us, but it's really freaking nice when they do it, Like there's so much power in having your own back, but then there's also that, like, we do need sometimes that person who's like, Yeah it is a little bit out there and it is crazy and it's wild and ridiculous, but like, why wouldn't you, you know? So, okay. That leads me to my next question. Cause you talked about like, you guys have been dating for two years and not to like put you guys on the spot, but like, that's like love, right? If you're like been dating for two years and now you're going all in on creating this brewery and this running this business together. And I say like with like, PJ and I, when we met, I was like, I knew we were going to get married before our first date. Even like when you know, you know, right? Like, yes, you know, that's exactly what I told Micah. I yeah. said before I even met you in person, I, I had this feeling of there is something special about this person. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, so then how, how or why tell me about like how you guys chose to go into this business together and all about that decision too. It really was an evolving decision. Um, At first, we really didn't know what my capacity would be with it. We didn't know how involved I would be. As we talked about, Micah is the experienced brewer and he's the one with the knowledge in brewing. And yet as we were going through it, we realized how significant it was to have each other. Micah constantly jokes that our Venn diagrams don't even interlap because we have such different strengths. And so I'm kind of that executor that's like, when is this going to get done? And here's what we got to do next. And 
I kind of propelled the next steps after he, the visionary was like, what if we, what if we opened a brewery here? What if we did this? And so Um, that complements yours and mine working relationship too. Like I'm not an executioner at all or executor, (laughs) an executor (laughs) where you always write like, Liz, we have this idea. And you're like, okay, I'm done. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness, because I didn't actually want to do the work of it. Um, but there's those people yeah. who, like you, it's so funny to see that like dynamic of like how we worked so well together as a team now translates to like who you're partnered with. Not to say like we could be like a couple in our like friendship, but you know, like it's yeah. it's funny how like we find like the same parts of people in the relationships that work really well together. That's so true, Kelly. And you need that person that has those big ideas that you haven't even explored yet. And then to have that other person that's like, okay, and here's how we're going to do it. It really works out well. And it's actually pretty funny because as I was telling Micah about this the other day, I was like, you and Kelly are so alike because you're both woos, which for people who don't know that it's wins others over. It's from Strengths Finder. It's, I think, kind of a rare one for people to get. And I think visionary really goes into that because you're just kind of bubbly and excited and just have a lot of great ideas. And so we do have that going for us, but we're also a really good team. Um, Micah and I really set ourselves up for success in our relationship. We had no business plans in the beginning, but in our relationship, I was 30, he's 31, you know, we're getting older and we knew what we wanted and what we didn't want. And part of that was, really having some strong communication on those things, regardless if the other person agreed or disagreed, having the conversations around what are our boundaries or what are our little annoyances or what are our triggers here? And by having that communication and also sitting in pain with each other and not trying to constantly fix it, it really allowed us to have this really strong I think attunement might be the word attunement to each other where if he walks in the room, I can tell if he's off and same for me. And so I think that's a really important piece of business partners as well is being able to communicate thoroughly, effectively and sitting in really uncomfortable conversations sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's so huge for like business and life is like letting letting a person's reaction be their reaction. And that's so much of like what I work with people on too, is like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. And so often, like I would say like the nice girl to bold woman, the nice girl will hold things back and not say what needs to be said. So as to not make another person like feel bad or upset them or bother them or, you know, have them have like this unpleasant or on less than ideal reaction or however, but yet on the inside, you like biting your tongue and not saying anything, you're like really kind of pissed off on the inside. And like, that is like the definition of like passive aggressive. Right. And like, that's not nice at all. Um, And so to be able to, for you both to just like have this like knowing of like, sometimes their reaction has nothing to do with like your reactions have nothing to do with one another. It doesn't mean 
a thing about each other or even like the quality of your relationship either when you do have moments of like friction or disagreement or like having to bring up something that matters that's going to like alleviate discomfort down the road that that is so vital to your your um your compatibility i would say and even just like the longevity of your relationship especially when you add this like huge both like excitement and stressor on top of it of like we're going to start a business like we are going in on this together like are we good you good we're good okay like i it's that like love and like the team as well that's exactly it kelly being present with each other's emotions is such a huge thing for us and and i know that you experience that too with pj and um we we definitely ride the emotional roller coaster together and there's this really quote this quote that I really like, and I can't remember who it's by, and I can't even remember the exact words, but it's something like, it's not, the issue is not that you caused the hurt. It's when you leave someone alone in that hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's where where that pause and repair comes into play. Micah and I utilize that a lot. That's actually a terminology we work, we use for our home visiting program. Um, pause and repair is when you stop, and you're able to reflect and and whether it's apologize or explain a little bit more of what you're just saying and so maybe that's um I'm so sorry I did not say that the way I wanted to I didn't use the tone I wanted to um and so relationships are really based on those repairs and so if we're constantly just trying to avoid confrontation or avoid being uncomfortable well we're not allowing ourselves to have a repair at that point. And that's where contempt builds up and resentment. And so when I say we ride the emotional roller coaster, it's not like a hostile roller coaster. I don't want anyone to confuse it with hostile or aggressive. It's okay. I'm feeling very escalated right now. I'm angry. And um, sometimes I have to preface to Micah, I'm not angry at you. I'm angry at the situation. I need to feel my feelings. If you can just be present with me. And he does the same thing. We're both highly emotional people, which I would say for the majority of the world, we're all emotional. We all have emotions and sitting with each other through that and not judging the emotion, Mm -hmm. um, but maybe trying to just reflect, why are you feeling so triggered about this? There are five minutes late. Why are you suddenly at a hundred? And there may be a story behind that where it really impacted him or myself or whatever that might be. And so we've really learned a lot about each other by just listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. That, yeah, there's so much power in, I tell this to PJ sometimes it's like, you don't need to be less, like you don't need to not have your feelings just like slower <laughs> with them. Like, <laughs> like, ah, okay. We're mad. Like, okay. But why? Like, shh. Like slow it down a little bit. Like your your feelings are valid. They're there for a reason. And when you judge yourself for having them, like they don't get better, right? Like they don't get repaired, like you're saying. But if you can allow it to be, but then also like have this awareness around you of like, hey, it's not about you. It's something with me. You know, like that can like create this slowdown where then 
the thing doesn't escalate into, you know, something bigger. Exactly. There's such power in knowing where that other person is at too, and them feeling safe in being able to tell you. Mm-hmm. I don't believe Micah would have approached me with the dream of opening the brewery if we didn't set the tone right away of you can bring up the things that you're excited about. You can bring up the things that feel impossible, which Mm -hmm. is one of the fun games we love to play now is what impossible idea. And I say that with air quotes because opening a brewery isn't impossible, but it felt impossible to us. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of other things that we've continued from there that came from these quote unquote impossible dreams that we felt safe and comfortable sharing with each other. I love that. Speaking of impossible, well, I don't know that it's not impossible. I mean, we can all be book writers too. It's not impossible, but it's something that you have done. And one of the things, so we're talking about you're like opening your brewery, but I just want to like put a plug out there in the world that Liz also wrote a children's book, has another one in the works. Am I correct in saying that? You are correct. And put on pause with the brewery, but you are correct. Yes. And both of my kids have their own copies of it. And the reason why my kids each have their own copies of her book, because here's the cool, I mean, the story is cool too, of course, but like, here's the cool, like the innovation aspect of it is that you've left the pages blank so that kids can create their own pictures. They can draw their own art inside of the book. And when I saw you create that. I was like, that is so cool. And the time in which you did that too was fast. I feel like in the sense of, and and I say that too, like my own, like creating this magazine, like people are like, you did it so quickly. And I'd be like, well, like, I mean, it looks like I did, but like, this has been happening behind the scenes for a long time. Like it's been like this, almost like once the idea lands, then it's like, okay, go. Like we, 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 um, what's the word? we compound time that's not the word I'm looking for what's it I've been like really lacking finding the right words with having a cold yeah that brain fog is rough when you have a cold but I do think that the path like when it starts laying out for you on its own it it kind of goes by itself and so the things that are meant to be and that there are no coincidences with they do start to go a little bit faster because I don't think you're having to work as hard or put the pieces together. You are having to work hard. I, I want to walk that back. You you have to work really hard, but the pieces- You're willing to. Up. Yes, yes. I think when the student is ready, the teacher appears and it's similar for, for that with the magazine and for me with the book. I, well, there, there were a couple of components to that. One, I was grieving the death of my dog. Um, I love that dog, uh, that dog, I had to leave with my um, previous relationship, which was the best thing for him. And I totally trust that that person took really great care of him. And he, um, he ended up dying. And I remember, what really got me through leaving the dog was, I just kept saying to myself, at least he's safe, at least he's safe. And then the dog died. And I couldn't say that anymore. And not because he wasn't kept safe, but he died really quickly of cancer. Mm. And I needed a way to express 
my emotions. And I think sometimes creativity is at its best when you are at a very heightened emotion and you're able to use that, um, that vulnerability, that pain and pour it onto a piece of paper or into a podcast or a magazine. And it's a funnel for creativity. And so I wrote a story and on one of the the fond memories that I have with Hardy, the dog's name. And I thought, how can we, how can we take this one step further and utilize the knowledge I know of child development, which we know that using imagination and um, using different utensils and different, whether kids want to paint in it, or if they want to put stickers in it, whatever they want to do, that's a form of their play and a way that they communicate how they're seeing the world. And so it's a cool tool for parent-child interaction, where if you can't read yet, the, the parent can read to the child and they're able to have this kind of serve and return of um, giggling about the book and drawing and um, so it, it really evolved into, I want to make this meaningful and not just meaningful to me with the memory with the dog, but meaningful for families and for kids to be able to explore what, what do they like to do? What, what sort of um, crazy ideas are they drawing purple dogs fighting dinosaurs on the page that talks about um, the dog going to the vet? What is that about? What does that mean? What were you thinking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I just think it's such a creative and fun approach. And um, it's been fun to like talk to the kids about it too. Like, like in the, looking at other books too, like see how like the words say this, but then the picture doesn't always have to show like every part of the words or it like kind of creates its own story by like drawing a picture too. And so it just helps them like tap into their own um, creativity and um, just what you shared too about like being in your feelings, your experience of grief too has been like helpful in bringing this thing to life is like our creation, our creations and our creativity comes through living, like living our lives and experiencing, experiencing our feelings. And I also thought of the word I was trying to think of collapse time. We collapse time. Like when, like, I'm like, what was that word? When we're trying to, you know, bring this idea to life, we'll like come to a point where like, no, not right. Not right. And then like, when it's, when it's the right idea and the right time, like the time collapses and like, like you said, like you, it does take hard work, but you're willing to work hard. But when the idea is not there and it's not right, that's when it gets that like trudging in the mud feeling. And I brought this up recently with a coaching client of mine too, of like, it's going to be hard work, but it's even harder when it's not right. So she came up to this like point of like, okay, this is the next right thing to do. It's going to be like digging in. It's going to be something like we're going through something here to do this next right thing. But it's, it's so different than the hard work that comes with doing like the wrong things. Like that's where I feel like that hustle energy comes into play. Um, And I've had my own like experience of like transformation of like realizing it's okay to work hard when we're in such a world where we see like this highlight reel and the social media and all of that, where like it, 
be in your flow state and like all of that. Like, no, there, I work hard and you work hard and we work hard in what we're doing, but it's fun and it's alive and it's energizing. And that's okay to work hard. It's okay to know like I can sustain this energy while I'm in it and then I can rest when I'm tired. Like we can have both. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's kind of like utilizing your strengths of um, the trudging in the mud. That was such a good analogy because that is what it feels like when you are not on the right path. And it almost feels like a waste of time because you're, you're just wasting space and energy, putting effort into something that isn't really there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's not like you don't work hard when the path starts getting laid out for you. You just know the path and you're able to use your strengths from that. Mm -hmm. And I I think that goes hand in hand of if you're not utilizing your strength, it's going to be trudging through the mud, which is why Micah and I work out so well with the brewery because Micah would go to work and he would brew all day. And then he comes home and he brews at home. And so being that brewer and focused on that piece is, is such a great strength for him. It's what he wants to do. And for me, it's, it's creative content and it's um, utilizing things like a newsletter to tell a story. Cause I love to story tell yeah. um, just like with that book. And so it's, it's cool, really cool once you find that path and, and sometimes it takes some work. I, I think you have some journals out there that kind of helps people explore that. I utilized um, the Julia Cameron book on um, the artist way. There we go. And that really helped me because I didn't even know what direction to go in. And so I feel like people definitely need to reach out to you on that because you have those tools to help people creatively think. And I think some people are just so overwhelmed with, I don't even know what to do that how can you get to a path right yeah yes and like so what you're talking about too is a program I've created called founder and it's it's really that it's like it's an opportunity and a space and a practice it requires patience and trust too like you don't like journal it on day one and then like poof okay answers are here it's like it's like this, it's a journaling practice where you plant the seed basically every day. Like if you're doing it consistently, you plant the seed and then you live your life. Like you're like, okay, I like this. I know I want this. Da, da, da. And then you close it and like you live your life and then you go for a walk and your ears start ringing and you see a fox and you're like, oh wait, that's it. Like, it's like, it's a speaking to the universe. It's a practice of like shutting off all this like noise around us and like really surrendering to yourself and like who you are and what you like and what you're naturally gifted at and what you desire. And then it's also surrendering to like, I'm not, I'm being open to the idea that the answer isn't going to come often when I expect it. But when it comes, it's going to be loud. It's going to grab my freaking attention, just like your story, an example of like, how did that not grab your attention? Like your ears were ringing, like literally like, look, look over to your left or whichever direction you looked. Right. So, um, I have two more questions I want to ask you. One of them is 
like, well, it's kind of two, two questions in one. Like, what are you most excited about? And can you share any logistics as to like when we can start hanging out and feeling the vibes of intuition brewing? Like what, what's, what are you most excited about? And when can we join you in that excitement? I am so excited right now in it'll constantly evolve, but just opening those doors and pouring those first beers and just seeing what the place looks like. I mean, we're going to repaint and make it our own as every business does. And that of course is so fun for me because I love setting up the vibe and um, our beer tenders are so cool. We already have um, two of them that are good friends to us, very genuine people. And um, so that'll be fun. But some of the events that I'm excited for, um, one includes one that's still in the works. And so I hate to put my foot in my mouth too soon, but just to generate some ideas, we're looking into an indoor pedal pub for the winter. And this came from a walk that we went on that we were like, what's something different that we can do that we both enjoy that doesn't feel forced. And I was like, I love pedal pubs. And (laughs) which is a weird thing for me to say, because I've never been on a pedal pub. I just like the idea (laughs) of it. (laughs) And we just started really like spitballing ideas from there, which is the cool piece of the impossible ideas is now we have this kind of idea of what that might look like. So that's one of them. The other one that I just submitted to the Wilmer Community Ed brochure is an off-flavor tasting. Oh, And so that's an adult, they're all adult experiences, right? But this is an adult educational experience where people can come in and they can have side-by-side tastings, one being our beer and the other one being with a drop of off flavor. And the point of it is to help develop your palate. So you know, when you're tasting a a really good beer to style Mm -hmm. um, and when you're tasting those off flavors coming through. And so if you're tasting like a butter flavor, that's going to be the diacetyl in um, in the beer and you don't want that. And so if you've got a buttery taste, um, that's, that's what's coming through there. And so brewers really try to make sure they don't have that taste, but there's going to be multiple different tastings with that, where people can, um, whether it's beer enthusiasts or people who are just wanting a new experience, a cool way to try beer and learn more. Yeah. That's so fun. And my head is like, if you, Liz knows my face, how my face works. Like she'll say something and my face changes and she's like, you're thinking about something. So see my face, but my face is thinking. Um, and that makes me think of like, that would be like such a fun, like game night thing too. And it makes me think of those, uh, jelly beans, like bamboozled or whatever. Um, yes. a good jelly bean flavor and then not good. And it's like maybe part of like a trivia night too, or something like if you yes. team has to drink off flavor, I don't know, just like, that sounds fun. That's cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, we're so excited for it. We want to have some brewer with the brewery days as well, which we're not entirely sure what that looks like. It would be a like an eight hour experience though. So that's Ooh. a long time. And so that would be for those who are really interested in maybe getting into home brewing or um, the brewing industry, or even just people who are craving to learn a little bit more. And so we want to we want to be unique in what we provide and 
do what, what we would want to do. Yeah. And we love trivia. We love bingo. We love all those things and we'll offer those things. But these are the ones that we have a bigger idea with. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like we do what we'd want to do because that's something too, is like, I tell people and it's like create for you first, or even like your book that you wrote too, like create for you first. Like this is just an outlet for me to share and process like my grief or like, this is like your brewery is like, this is cool things that we don't see in our community. And I always tell people to like, go for silly, go for ridiculous, go for like out there and like, don't take it as a bad sign or that you're on the wrong path that you don't have other examples to compare your idea to is because like your idea doesn't exist in the world yet. That's why it came to you for you to bring it to life and to make it happen. So it's like, it's okay if like there isn't this thing out there that you see that you can like make it better than or different than or put your own flavor on. Like, no, you're the pioneer to just do it and to start too. I love that you said create for you. Um, That resonates with the brewery and with the book. (laughs) The first round I had with the book, um, I told Micah about the the little story I was going to write that I had told him probably dozens of times with the dog and I presented the story to him and he's like that's not how you tell the story that's not the remember story. you telling me that mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and it's the same with the brewery that when we try and follow somebody else's lead with it or try and do what you expect of a brewery it starts becoming less authentic to us and what we want and so that create for you it does become create for everyone because you are being genuine with the path that you're going down with this and um, you usually create things so much better when there's a true calling I guess behind it a true meaning behind it yeah right exactly so okay my last question you know this question as a podcast listener um but what are you, well, first I want to say, I am so proud of you, Liz. Like, stop it. Just like, stop it. I'm so proud of you for just having the balls. Like, this is ballsy. And you're a baller. You, Kelly. Um, like, you are doing big things. And like, from your book to like, opening up an establishment to create the community and the life and the vibe and the experience that you want and to bring like your ideas from you and from you and Micah, like out there into the world and just like, let us get to receive and have them and experience them. So I am like giddy, thrilled, proud of you. I need to be there when your doors open. I'm planning to PJ and I've already talked about it. I'm like, whenever they have their opening date, like we're going to be there. And he's like, okay, sounds good. Um, so I want to hear from you. What are you most proud of in this experience of opening the brewery of just like you and your whole entire life of like where you are today? Like what is just like making you so damn proud of yourself? and this right now well first of all why am I already crying um but second of all thank you um I think you have more of an impact than you know and I remember when you left uh, American Lung and I was still there for about a year after I I would try and think in the way that you did and 
it, it has impacted me of like the what if we tried this and when you have that sort of energy it just it just spreads and you want that energy you want to be the type of person that helps people think and are present and where they're at and you were so present for me when I was I would say I wasn't even bottom of the barrel it was like bottom of the barrel and you lifted up the barrel and there was another barrel underneath it and Mm -hmm. I was underneath that barrel and so when you ask what I'm proud of it it's getting to this point it's um, becoming a person who loves herself and who is no longer um, I used to do a lot of self-depreciating jokes which are still funny at times but (laughs) a lot of times it's an insecurity out of people and I'm no longer doing that. I am talking nicely about myself. I am trying to set boundaries where I need to. And I think all of that and and just trying to have integrity, that's my word for, for life. I feel like is having integrity with what you say and what you do. And um, I, I think after everything that had happened um, in the past few years that I had described a little bit earlier, it led me on the path to meet Micah. And Micah and I, we joke of what what would have happened if we met in college? And, and really, it's not a joke because nothing would have happened because we weren't the right people for each other. And so I, I'm just so proud of us and our the tone that we set at the beginning of the relationship and the communication that we have and in the very hard conversations that we're constantly having with each other, all of that really contributes to this continuous quality improvement of our relationship, which led to a relationship in business as well. And I'm just so excited for what we're going to do. And (laughs) I can't wait. Oh, yay. I love that. I just want to hug you. And right too, like even just like before the business, before all of this, like where you were, just like opening yourself up to one, like be brave and like go places alone and like experience life, like post-divorce, post-grief, post, you know, those things. And then just be opening up for like, okay, I'm ready for somebody to come sit with me again at the table, but you got to like meet the criteria to sit at the table and I'll know right away if you match that or not. And so, yeah, I just, I'm so happy for you and so thrilled and so excited and um, so honored to get to feature you in Founder the Magazine. And we're going to link your book here as well. And so what is a way to that people can connect with you, visit the brewery, connect with um, anything? How yeah, can you-, you can um, go to our website at intuitionbrewing.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at intuitionbrewing. Um, just message us, send us an email. Uh, it'll be me at the other end. And so um, you can chat there. Uh, We open, it'll likely be the end of December. It just depends when we get those first four beers on tap. We're going to get up to eight beers, but uh, keep checking our our Facebook page. If you want to join our newsletter, that's a monthly newsletter, but I will be sure to send that out to everyone who's on our newsletter 
immediately when we open because it's it's going to be fast. It's going to be okay. The beers are almost done. We can open on Saturday, whatever that might be. So fun. I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Liz. And um, we'll talk to you all next time. Thank you, Kelly. Honored to be here. Thank you so much for listening today. We love podcast reviews and feedback, so please don't be shy to leave a review. If you're loving what you're learning here and would desire one-on-one help as you step into your founder identity, we should talk about that. Sign up for a free Focus Forward consult where we get really clear on where it is you want to go, what is getting in the way of that, and from there we create a roadmap to get you there smoothly and quickly. We make your goals inevitable. The link is in the show notes to book that session. And if you're really excited to discover what you'll become the founder of, or if you've been in business for some time but are feeling like the ground beneath you is a little unsteady and you're sensing a transition is on the way, get into Founder. It's a 30-day journal practice and program where you learn how to surrender what's within and shut off all the noise around you so you can finally hear how you can finish the statement that says, I am the founder of. The link for that program is also in the show notes. Talk to you next time.